Hey listeners, just want to give you a quick heads up that the audio this week got a little wonky. Uh, the conversation is fantastic and we're super excited about this episode, but just want to give you the quick heads up on the audio quality. So let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Floor 9. I am your host, Scott Elchison, and join with me today, as always, Mr. Angel Mendoza. Hello, world. Before we dive into this episode, let me give you a quick background on the IPG Media Lab. Uh, we are guided by our forward-thinking perspective. The lab team explores emerging technologies and the potential to become new media platforms. Our focus is really on research and strategy and how that enables us to analyze the latest platform developments, understand how they will impede or impact our consumers, as well as advise our clients on how to really navigate the disruption that we see in the industry today. And this week, we have a special guest on the episode, uh, brand, or excuse me, head of brand partnerships over at WAPAD, uh, Mr. Chris Stefanik. So Chris, say hello. All right, hello, uh, Floor 9 fans. So Angel, what is the topic that we'll be discussing on today's episode? Well, today's topic is all culture is digital culture. And speaking about platform, de- platform development, happy to have WAPAD here. Absolutely. Chris, you know, we're so excited for you to be on this episode today. Uh, as we'll get into it, we really think WAPAD is one of these platforms that just aligns so well with this topic uh, that you were bringing this culture online and offline there's a big you know there's no longer a barrier to it and i think what wapad's doing is just the perfect example of what we got going on today so happy to have you on board chris and how about you tell us some background information on wapad and the platform itself yeah sure thing scott so wapad is the world's largest social network of, of readers and writers so think um a massive kind of digital social network of of young teens and millennials that are hyper engaged and super obsessed with with long form um, fiction and nonfiction content. And, you know, myself and the team there are kind of um, using the power of storytelling to impact Hollywood, brands, and, and, and many other folks. Chris, we'll lowball you with some soft questions here first. So if you were to write some fan fiction, what would you be writing? Ooh, that's, a, that's a good question. I mean, hmm. Um, Horror. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if I would write fan fiction, right? There's so much other amazing stuff happening on the platform, right? I would probably write some sort of like sci-fi horror hybrid, right? Maybe maybe something inspired by The Quiet Place considering the the love that movie's been getting lately, but yeah, I mean, something in that something in that wheelhouse. Personally, I would stay away from all the horror on the platform because uh, that is not my cup of tea. However, I do love some good sci-fi. So that's the genre that I would be writing on Wattpad uh, if I were to do that today. But before we go off on a huge tangent, let us dive into uh, some background information on today's topic. The overarching theme here is that there's no longer a difference between online and offline culture. What happens online has a direct impact now on the offline real world, and I say that with quotation marks, as well as what's happening in the real world, I think we've always seen has had an impact uh, what happens online. Uh, but today, there's just no longer a barrier. It's very it's very indistinguishable, uh, and that's kind of what we're going to be really filing down today in the episode. And the very first pillar that we can talk about is how this has really impacted news. Uh, not to get too political, but in the 2016 election, uh, we can really see where you know there's this technology has really disrupted us in unexpected ways when it comes to this election. Um, social media 
how we consume it, how it's produced, and how it really distributes news is something that, we, in hindsight, we probably should have seen coming. Uh, but just the way that this kind of wave came across, uh, there was a true impact, and I, th I think it's still fully, and we're still trying to really figure out what that impact is uh, and what that was uh, today. We've already seen Facebook is now testified in front of Congress. Uh, so you know, this truly is becoming a more and more prominent um, area where we need to be kind of really focusing and looking at when it comes to uh, culture. Yeah, and from a consumer standpoint, it's amazing how they're now consuming news content across different platforms, but in snack size bites. The second pillar that we've looked at is sports. And that is how traditional sports are now under this generational attack where these younger millennials aren't tuning in as much anymore. And instead, like they're looking to these digital platforms uh, for like their time and attention. And that's where they're looking to spend their time. They're no longer watching these traditional sports that you would say, you know, football, soccer, whatever it might be. I agree with you 100%. And we're seeing this shift where millennials aren't watching the entire broadcast. They're really relying on highlights. And Richard wrote a great article that's on Medium about the culture shift and how we're seeing the the change in viewership happening across these platforms. And one of my favorite examples when it comes to really the gaming culture today and just how prominent it is, is recently uh, Drake was playing Fortnite with one of the top tier streamers on Twitch, Ninja, and they broke the concurrent viewer record of about 600,000 concurrent viewers at one time. So that's now a, a really you know, this prominent cultural moment that happened on one of these digital platforms where, again, all this attention is being shifted. And it isn't just um, you know, gaming itself, but also esports. Uh, this is you know, now a global sport. This is something that we've seen from C to C, pretty it's much. It's very true where the competitive gamers are the athletes, the games are the sport, and the network, more or less, is Twitch. And we're seeing a sleuth of non-academic brands getting involved. Yeah, and oh yeah, absolutely. There's, and that's I think that's super exciting in a white space for brands to really be exploring today. And just to, just kind of you know just to show again, like the example, like Hilton Hotels is partnered with Alienware uh, for like one of their Panama hotels, where they've completely souped it out for you know gamers themselves. So it comes with a 65 inch 4K OLED TV. The space offers top of the line iCore 7, 7, 800 Alienware PCs, a laptop, Xbox One, Oculus Rift awesome racing chairs and a pair of beds just in case you want to sleep. And I'll be honest, I'm I'm sure if I was them, I would have skimmed out on the quality of the bed because I doubt anybody will be sleeping in that room. Very, very fast computers. I super love it. Super fast computers. I love it. Super, super fast computers. But again, it just shows how just how widespread this this culture and this this phenomenon that's happened online on these platforms uh, has just reached a, a this global audience and that's truly because of the internet without the internet none of this would have been possible none of these global platforms would have been able to uh, been produced and I think Wattpad again is one of those one of those platforms that we've seen today that wouldn't be here without the this kind of like rise of this internet culture and it's amazing that I don't think many people know how large you are here in the US but also globally yeah, so we have 60, over 65 million monthly uniques mm -hmm. um, on the platform, and that, those are global numbers, um, and spending you know over 15 billion minutes per month on the platform. But, I mean, I actually didn't know the numbers still, you know, prepping pre <laughs> pre prepping for this, and I was like, oh, we're we're not too far off from the Twitch numbers. That's right. make, that makes me feel good. The team the team back in Toronto is is doing their jobs, right? Chris, I'm curious to know what are some of these cultural phenomenons that are happening on the Wattpad platform. I know, for example, on Twitch, 
there is a GTA community where it's all role playing. So you role play by the rules of the law. There is a police officer. If you sign up to be somebody that works in Dunkin' Donuts, like you just serve coffee all day, you have to drive the speed limit. And this is one of these like little niche things that's happened just due to you know this this internet and what's what's out there. So I'm curious to know what what is happening on the Wattpad platform that you can tell us about that we would never expect to have happen. Yeah, I mean there 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 there's so many things I could we could do the whole podcast on this. But yeah. as, <laughs> as as you know as we were prepping. Um, uh, something I thought about was like digital culture is culture, and what what we've seen is like a ton of content created about like YouTubers, okay. right? And so if you if you compare that to even like the early days, right, you're probably creating content or stories or fan fiction around around um, celebrities, right? Like traditional celebrities, what maybe like we all grew up with. Now that's happening about YouTubers, which is like indicative that like the new celebrity is the like is the YouTuber, which like folks that are kind of in the space is maybe not like mind blowing, but I think that's, that's interesting, right? So that's happening, mm-hmm. right? In terms of this other like cool things that uh, I think are unique. I mean, the rise of K-pop is, is massive. Yeah. So Korean pop stars, right? <laughs> um, it, it's massive, right? So BTS being the, 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 the big one, uh, maybe the most popular kind of boy band there is, 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 you know, really, um, you know, blowing up. Um, and then beyond that, I think what's, what's interesting to be a little bit more kind of what's going on around us is, you know, we all hear about, you know, Gen Z being the woke generation, right? I'm so glad I got to use that word on the podcast (laughs) and, and, um, you know, cause based impact based stuff on Wattpad actually is, is another big trend that's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So whether or not it's, it's content about the LGBT community or anti-cyber, anti-cyber bullying or (laughs) kind of Project Women Up, which is all about female empowerment. I mean, this stuff is, is blowing up like beyond spades, which provides a lot of interesting opportunities for partners and whatnot to get, to get involved. And that's a great transition into our third pillar, which is entertainment. And the first half of this really focuses on the continued rise of streaming. Uh, as more and more consumers and content moves to these streaming platforms, really all assumptions are up for grabs when it comes to consumer behavior. Uh, we, we've even talked about Appified TV for years now and how that's really changing how content is delivered, You know how, how consumers are actually discovering content, their expectation about the ad load in the content, if there's going to be even ads in the content, as well as you know how this really enables new brand experiences. Because as consumers are expecting their content on demand on their time and really available whenever whenever they want to watch it and wherever they are, uh, we as brands will have to, and marketers will have to really, you know, think about what are the best new ways to take advantage of these new opportunities that we see on the streaming platforms. Yeah. And I guess a rule of thumb is now if you own content, it has to be available across all platforms and not just TV because that no longer does the job. Right. And I think that goes, again, a perfect segue into really the collapse, again, we're seeing of the theatrical window. This is something that we've talked about in the past, but this idea of a traditional window of strategy uh, is becoming less and less of, of, of traditional. Netflix, for example, with, with the Super Bowl, the best example was they bought the rights to the Cloverfield Paradox a few, I think three weeks before it actually aired, and they ran two ads in the Super Bowl, and then they launched it immediately. So um, all said and done, people like to make fun of this movie. I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a big fan, but uh, right then and there, it's that is the first step into really you know, changing this larger windowing strategy that we've seen impact many different industries. It's now 
launch once and launch everywhere. Yeah, and I think that makes a ton of sense because especially with Twitter and other social platforms, there's a lot of spoilers, especially during this windowing strategy. So personal example is I'm on WhatsApp with a large group and they saw Avengers before I have and I was like, I had to avoid that platform because I didn't want to see any or read any spoilers. Right, and that's just kind of a side note. I think the idea of there was, there, there was a time when spoilers were such a thing that people were excited about, but now it's all so prominent that I think we're now reverting back to an, an area where spoilers are truly now spoilers and people aren't going to put up with that anymore. Like they're actually like actually hiding from them, which I think is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Just something to note. Great. And Chris, I would love to talk about the windowing strategy when it comes to long form content. And this goes back to a conversation I had with you a few weeks ago where we were talking about how writers write one chapter at a time and then get feedback from their fan base and actually dictates the next chapter. So I'm really keen on learning more about how that is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you nailed it on its head, Angel, which is the, the beauty of Wattpad is kind of this like two-way dialogue, right? And so our uh, our users will, will post chapters, they'll get feedback, they might actually go back and change the content they already created, right? And, you know, change the full, the full narrative of the story, right? Which, um, you know, would not have been possible in like, you know, a previous, a previous kind of traditional world. Um, and we're actually almost like trying to find out the right way in which like brands can leverage that as well, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll run a ton of you know, writing contests on the platform, take all those insights to mm-hmm. eventually drive like what we double down on to, to in terms of like, you know, whether or not it's creating a short film or like some bigger kind of play or bigger bet, get those insights from, you know, maybe a, a, a you know, more efficient like writing only world. So Chris, have you had any writers that put the entire story up at once? And if so, how does that compare to writers that push out chapter by chapter every so often? Yeah, it, it, it's happened a bit. I, 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 don't, I don't have the data per se, but um, like when we talk to our biggest writers, right, the ones that, that are out there getting publishing deals, getting TV deals, film deals, I mean, they, they know that they need to involve their audience, right? Like even if I could tell like a quick story, right? Like our biggest writer, um, like Anna Todd, she... When she first kind of figured it out, and I know the podcast can't see me do the the, 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 the air quotes, quotes. (laughs) but I mean, when she first came to Toronto, we're like, how have you created this viral hit after that has, you know, over a billion reads? She's like, I spend 10 hours a day on on social, two hours writing, eight hours interacting with my fans, consuming the feedback, letting that impact your narrative and just growing this fandom, right? So, I mean, for it to come back to, like, to to windowing, I mean, I think it's it's more around, like, in this new age, you, you... it's table stakes to be having this level of dialogue or else you're kind of left behind. Now, Chris, let's dive into what are some of these data points that the platform is collecting and how are you using that to actually tell a story on the platform? Yeah. So, I mean, we're capturing, I mean, a ton of, of data around time spent reading, completion rates, engagement rates, uh, um, also, like you know, who's reading when and where, uh, and and that is becoming like very interesting, like particularly for our our, our partners, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like insights and and taking a data centric approach to everything we're doing has really been like at the forefront of of our conversations. And so, it's everything like going to a Netflix and saying, here is what we're seeing around the thirteen reasons why fandom versus the Riverdale fandom, and, and actually, you know, there's some really interesting crossover happening between those two. 
to franchises and like how can that drive future marketing conversations, right? Or versus, you know, um, let, let, let's go a bit deeper around what people are talking about in like Project Women Up and how is that going to like impact maybe your own like female empowerment marketing, right? Like this is, these are the type of conversations that more marketers and, and agencies obviously are, are coming to us for because, you know, we are at the forefront of this Gen Z and what they're talking about, reading about, writing about. So Chris, going into writing trends, how are you seeing writers show emotion? So for example, one funny story is when I talk to my little sister, she refuses to use words. All she sends back are emojis and gifts. That's pretty hysterical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's always just a ton of emotion on the platform. Um, so, you know, you, you see the same thing you see across, you know, other platforms, like a ton of yes. And, uh, uh, but the, the, I think what, what, what's interesting is you, you see a ton of like, um, you know, emotions and emojis uh, on Wattpad like you normal, normally would. But the, the most common comment on the platform is, is update now usually followed by either a ton of exclamation marks or like a keyboard jam, right? Which which goes to the point of the the, the, the level of engagement that's kind of happening on here around these might have what have been traditionally like, you know, counterculture content, right? So this is great because, again, when we talk about all cultures, digital culture, there's this online to offline back and forth. And I think Wattpad has a great online presence with their writing platform, but you guys also have a pretty big presence in traditional Hollywood through your Wattpad, Watt, excuse me, Wattpad Studios uh, program and company. So can you tell us a little bit more about Wattpad Studios and what you guys are working on today? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's an exciting time. I mean, uh, as mentioned, I think more of the folks in the entertainment space are, are looking for content in like quote unquote untraditional places. Right. And so our our view is is taking an entirely like data centric view, right? Mm-hmm. Like like the, the the whole process can be a lot more informed by data versus gut feel, which still happens, you know, in the in the, in the industry today. And so whether or not it's 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 someone in in um, you know at a, at an OTT versus a, a larger studio, and they're interested in content, say like science fiction. I mean, let's look at the top stories in science fiction from a time spent reading standpoint and from a completion rate standpoint, and then you know start having the conversation there, right? And so um, we've done similar work with that, like around that that concept with you know the, the NBCU's Universal Cable Productions of the world because um, they're kind of viewing the world in the same way, which which is great. Great. So can you tell me how many stories have been adapted to TV or movies? In North America, I mean, it's, it's, it's a handful. What I, what I can say is that, you know, we've in the Philippines where we uh, are quite strong, we've had, you know, 13 feature films based on Wattpad stories. And we've co-produced a TV show out there called Wattpad Presents where they've, they've turned 250 Wattpad stories into, into kind of miniseries because um, we've had four seasons of Wattpad Presents out there with TV5. And have you had any brand take advantage of that distribution? Yeah. So, so in the Philippines, which is very interesting. I mean, it's almost like some of our, you know, early stage innovative work that's now driven what you're seeing in in, in, in North America kind of happened there first, which is um, we worked with with Cornetto out there, and they they actually and what's Cornetto? Ice cream brand. Oh, okay. And they they, they created a, a story from our biggest writer out there, um, kind of around a summer romance story. 
And it, it did phenomenally well on the platform, close to a million reads in a very short period of time, about eight weeks. And so then what happened is we worked really closely with a, a local, uh, you know, local local movie studio and said like let's let's turn this into a feature film, right? And so at that point, the the the, the brand, the agency, and the and 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 the the studio kind of all got together and, and pushed it out two years ago, um, where it did you know phenomenally well in the box office, which uh, you know was great. And to take it back to the earlier conversation about windowing strategies, did this go through that traditional windowing strategy where we went with the theater first, then to the weird airplane window, and then from there onto the more on-demand SVOD and streaming platforms? It, it, there, there was a, your standard production like <laughs> window that, ha- that has to happen to create it. And then, and then after that, I mean, it really went theater and then kind of like EST, VOD from, 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 from that point. And what I want to touch on is how are you working with brands on the platform? Yeah, so we're we're a lot of what we talked about earlier around the studios model. It's making its way into into the brand partnership model, and so we're we're running a ton of community wide writing contests on the platform where we're enabling our writers in our community to kind of create stories at scale for brands, right? And then similarly to studios, we're taking like a data centric view around. Which one of these stories that was, you know, written around a particular brand theme or topic area resonated and now has a built-in audience and now can, how can we kind of pour fuel on the fire, so to speak, and blow it up to be something else? So I'll, I'll like paint the picture through um, a recent kind of case study, which was uh, Lionsgate and uh, Wonder. So Wonder... New York Times bestselling book turned into a movie that came out in November. Um, really great kind of story. Um, it's based on um, you know a ten year old uh, kid who has t- a facial disformity and he's been homeschooled his whole life and decides to finally you know get, enter middle school and then you know he has the heart of gold. He's he bullied, uh, but you know overcomes that and it's a real feel feel good story, right? This is so very Wattpad. I mean, uh, as mentioned, we're we're a very positive community that really prides itself on that. So. When we asked the community to kind of create stories around kindness and when kindness prevails, it did phenomenally well. So about 1,200 stories created. And what we did is we looked at all the data behind that and said, of these 1,200, these were the 10 strongest from a metrics perspective, time spent, completion rates, et cetera. Then, I mean, we still use the human approach and say, of these 10, we're going to take these three and turn them into short films. Right, and so we then turned them into short films with with our partners Tongle, and had these three amazing kind of short brand films that all included some footage of the movie at the end and a call to action to to see the movie um, in November because you know it's still it's still about getting people people in the theater, mm-hmm. right? And so that whole approach was like one hundred percent, you know, really really data centric, um, which is kind of the, the way we want to go now. I mean, the, the message that I'm out there kind of talking to agencies and brands is, is that like, let's let an approach like that help remove the guesswork out of creating like a super engaging piece of now video content. How are you helping brands tap into this cultural cachet that you guys have on the platform? So when it comes to the people and the stories and, and what, what can be built, I mean, there's a, there, there's a lot you can do. So I'm just curious to see, you know, what these uh, unique opportunities are and you know, what is offered to brands. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's a ton of just obviously interesting stories that are being told on the platform, and you know, you could say each one, if it has you know millions of reads, is a part of internet culture, right? right? Because there's tens of thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands of people, that are clamoring around these stories, and so what we've found is that. At certain points in time, there can be these fantastic native 
or native moments in which brands can kind of insert themselves in, in, into, a, into a story or surround a story where um, like it just makes a lot of sense. So like to bring that to life, right? The Coca-Cola example was let's bring back 10 of our, 10, 10 of our most popular stories across many genres. Um, so that included like romance, teen fiction, um, and kind of a few others across, you know, sci-fi uh, and, and others. And what we uh, did was say, create a bonus chapter from the main like the point of view of the main character around whether or not they were naughty or nice. Cause that was really the, the, the main like, kind of messaging for the campaign. And so we did 10 of these, 10 of these um, bonus chapters and they did phenomenally well. Cause imagine you had finished kind of um, binge watching your favorite show on your know, name, your platform of choice. Mm-hmm. You're, you're craving more content. And then Coca-Cola brings you this kind of bonus piece of content that wasn't going to exist otherwise. I mean, it, it really did phenomenally well. I mean, close to 10.8 million minutes spent with branded content. It was, it was phenomenal, right? In those moments, I mean, you have to like look for them. You can't force yourself your way. It has to be authentic. And I think that's a trend we've seen this across the digital ecosystem where you really have to bring something of value to these digital platforms and really be try and be authentic uh, because this is where, you know, culture is happening and people are really living, you know, on these platforms. So if you're just here for a quick logo dump or an in and out, um, it doesn't really, you know, it leaves a bad taste in the, you know, in that audience's mouth. So you really have to come in and be authentic and, you know, be a part of that culture, not just to take advantage of it, but you have to be integrated with it. Great. And I want to touch on Wattpad Labs. And I'm really interested in learning more about how this is influencing product, but also new ad offerings for brands. Yeah, for sure. So, so Wattpad Labs, uh, for those that don't know, uh, listening in is is tasked with creating you know what's next from a digital storytelling perspective. And so, the first product that graduated out of out of Labs was Tap, which is a chat style storytelling kind of app. Um, you know, which is which has been going like crazy and is very like immersive form of storytelling. It's, it's as if you're seeing two or more people kind of text and then, you know, we're adding in a lot of multimedia elements elements in there, right? And so brands have even been testing this out, A Quiet Place and Paramount kind of just did something recently. Um, and so our, our, our labs model is kind of continued to evolve, right? Especially after the latest, latest round of funding. And so we've really been doubling down on kind of AI and machine learning talent and data scientist talent in that, in that group um, where we're kind of investigating something around calling kind of like story DNA, right? And story DNA is is really about enabling everything we've talked about here, my kind of my team, the studio's team to better identify content that is going to blow up. Well said. And I think this is a perfect opportunity now to really dive into some brand takeaways uh, for our for our listeners. So Chris, we'll start with you. Uh, we've discussed a little bit about how brands can activate on the platform, but you know, tell us, you know, what's like that one thing uh, the brand should be walking away with on how they can activate with Wattpad today, or what or what Wattpad has to offer them. Yeah, so it's definitely around you know taking a data centric view to things and, and and figuring out like what you know the, the path you want to take there, right? I mean, digital culture is culture; it's, it's everywhere. You need to figure out like what aspect you want to dive into and whether or not it's it's understanding like what brands are talking about, like how how the community is talking about your brand on the platform, right? I mean, if there is like a larger franchise, right, going deep on that, right, and seeing how culture is being created around it, kind of similar to like the Netflix example I pointed earlier. I mean, that was just like deep insights, right? And then I think 
the other part of that data-centric view is then um, as you're thinking about how you insert yourself into this digital culture, is culture type of environment, I mean, um, you know, almost enabling, you know, the communities to tell that story for you, looking at the data and then doubling down to insert yourself in there and, and, ha and having a hard-hitting, long-form narrative story, um, hopefully something bigger. Um, like, in my mind, that that's the way you need to do it, right? right. It, it's, it, it's really, you know, data-centric, try to remove as much guesswork as possible because it's, it's difficult to figure it out on your own, especially when you're doing a million other things. And to your point, you know, this is a great way for brands to really help guide that conversation that is happening on these properties um, because if they don't, you know, put an effort into be a part of that community and the culture, uh, the conver like the conversation just gets out of their control. So I think this is a, you know, a fantastic way for, you know, brands that way, you know, put their input in and help guide conversation, but also to, you know, bring value and be a part of a, be a part of this digital culture community out there on Wattpad. And I'd love to pass the mic now to Angel as our resident esports and gaming expert. Uh, really, we really can't talk about digital culture w without talking about how uh, brands really activate in the esports and gaming space today. So, Angel, I'll leave it to you. Drop some wisdom on us. Ah, esports, it's quite a space. There are a lot of opportunities to activate across esports, whether that's online or offline. But at the end of the day, it really, it really boils down to having a clear objective on how to reach your audience, but also what's that messaging? Because you really have to create that authentic connection. So running generic content will not work. You need to get insights from publishers, teams, or broadcast platforms and use that data to create custom content. Lastly, when we look at it from the more traditional media perspective, the old traditional way of having siloed budgets, uh, whereas there's one TV budget, there's a social budget, there's a digital budget, and kind of planning in these siloed categories uh, is no longer going to work. What we really need here is a more omni-channel approach where digital kind of leads the way and it impacts and it works well with you know your budget and creative and and kind of brand strategy across all these channels uh because w without this digital strategy uh it's hard to re you know take advantage of this culture that's happening across these, these these different platforms and for a brand to be you know a part of that conversation so chris how can our listeners find you what's your email what's what's the twitter what's what's the best way to get in contact with you yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's Wattpad, Chris Stefanik, all one word. And uh, yeah, you can get at me, C Stefanik at Twitter, Chris, uh, C-H-R-I-S, at Wattpad.com. Uh, always, always happy to chat, talk, you know, crazy content trends that are happening across Gen Zs and Millennials, right? This is, this is what I love to talk about. Well, Chris, I want to say thank you for coming on today's episode of Floor 9. Uh, you were fantastic. Hope to have you back soon. And for all you listeners out there, uh, if you're looking for more great content, please check out ipglab.com. From there, you can access our Medium blog. Uh, we got plenty of articles you can, to, to read there. You can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, if you want to follow us on social, you can hit us up at ipglab on Twitter and Instagram. And if you like what you hear, share, tell a friend, give us an iTunes review. Whatever you can do, we'd greatly appreciate it. So thank you and talk soon. 